I'm Bill Stanley with LMB Farm in Nacogdoches, Texas. You're listening to the latest news in Texas agriculture on Texas Ag Today. Welcome to Texas Ag Today, a daily look at the latest news in Texas agriculture. Texas Ag Today is produced by the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network with the largest farm news team in the Lone Star State. Now here's the host of Texas Ag Today, Jessica Donald. Hello, Texas. Thank you for joining us for another edition of Texas Ag Today. So jump on in with me, buckle up, and let's take a ride around the Lone Star State as we cover the most important industry in this greatest state in the nation, Texas agriculture. In the news today, over 11 million acres of cotton are expected to be planted this year. We'll have more on that coming up to kick off today's show. My name is Jessica Domel. I'm your host, and I'm part of the largest and most experienced farm news team in the Lone Star State. And we're all standing by to bring you the latest news in Texas agriculture, from the Piney Woods of East Texas to the Rocky Ranges of the Transpecos, and from the Panhandle all the way down to the Rio Grande Valley. Is the USDA Cattle Contracts Library working for producers? That was the topic of a USDA listening session in Canyon last week. I'm James Hunt, and we'll talk about that on Texas Ag Today. How the U.S. House Budget and Agriculture Committees can work together to forge a new farm bill. I'm Tom Nicoletti, and I'll have more from Washington on Texas Ag Today. Beneficial rains continue to improve the prospects for a great crop year in the Coastal Bend region. This is Harvey Buring reporting from the Corpus Christi area. Love those stories, news from Washington, Texas Wildlife News, and a complete look at the markets coming up. More than 11 million acres of cotton are expected to be planted this year. Carrie Martin joins us with that report. Today we check in with Dr. John Robinson. He's a Texas A&M cotton marketing specialist. Dr. Robinson, we want to focus in on the acreage estimates that we've seen throughout the spring. When you and I talked uh, here just a couple of months ago, you were still a little unsure about all of the estimates that were coming out, calling for 11 to 11.5 million acres planted in the U.S. this year. How are you feeling about that number here as we've gotten into planting season? I feel like I'm being dragged kicking and screaming towards that number because as an economist, as you mentioned, I've been focused on relative prices. I've been focused on the economic determinants of acreage, and I I didn't expect more than 10 million planted. But every survey that's come out, whether it's industry survey or the Cotton Council survey or the USDA's, has been 11 point something million. So, uh, you know, I can't deny reality that long. Of course, we do have one more planted acreage report at the end of June, uh, which is is based on USDA actually surveying farmers and said, hey, what did you plant? So it's not finalized, but the implication of planting 11 point something million is that it kind of takes the edge off of concern about a short crop. So that's another way of saying it takes the edge off extreme price volatility because, you know, we're afraid of having a very, very tight production outcome and ending stocks outcome. It kind of takes that away or it waters it down. Let's focus on Texas acreage now. Do you feel like the recent rains that we've gotten across Texas, and especially up in the Southern Plains and the Panhandle, will have any effect on cotton acreage in Texas this year? 
the recent rains, I'm going to guess, have been too recent to have impacted anybody's planting decisions. I think those decisions are made prior, and in some parts of Texas, obviously, and down south, a whole lot prior. If you go back a month or two or three, as dry as it was before these rains, that probably influenced some cotton plantings because cotton tends to pencil out whether you're going to have a drought loss or just a droughty situation. Compared to grain crops, cotton tends to fare better. That may have influenced some people to hang on to their level of cotton plantings. On the other hand, I did hear a lot. Down south, I heard people say, yeah, I'll probably plant more grain sorghum than my normal rotation. And that was a price response. And up north, I heard people talking about hanging on to their wheat cover crops or insuring their small grain cover crops as forages under that new forage insurance program. You know, that kind of just adds to my general puzzlement about what, what the planted acres would be here. People would cut back if they could. But being Texas, there's only so much cutting that'll ever ever happen. That's Dr. John Robinson, cotton marketing specialist with Texas A&M. Is the cattle contracts library working? James Hunt joins us with that report. About four months ago, USDA launched the Cattle Contracts Library, an online resource intended to give cattle producers information that can help them when marketing their animals to packing plants. So, is it working? I asked Texas Cattle Feeders Association Chairman Michael Besner. I think it's too early to tell. We're going to have to see it a little longer, I guess. I think we're hopeful that it would help us in our negotiating with the packer and how we sell cattle. I mean, we're all for capitalism and interested in marketing our cattle as well as we can. What we don't want is for it to give the packer the opportunity to narrow our premiums and discounts and work back to the average. So that's our concern. Besner was among the producers who attended a USDA listening session at West Texas A&M last week. That session was led by Michael Sheets, the director of the Livestock, Poultry, and Grain Market News Service at USDA. I asked Sheets about the concern that the library's information could wind up giving a boost to packers at the expense of producers. Packers are in this business 24-7. A lot of producers are as well, but some aren't. They need to keep themselves up on a lot of this stuff. Yes, the packers can use this, but so can producers. And if we can help them understand that, and I'm not saying that we need to educate them, but we can certainly try to help them understand how they might be able to use this more effectively. It's not enough to get the information out there. People need to know how to use it to be able to make their marketing decisions. So holding these types of sessions is important to get out amongst the producers and hear their questions so we can kind of get them to where they can understand more about how to use this. So they can put themselves in a more equal footing with the packer. If you have thoughts to share about the contracts library, contact USDA. I'm James Hunt on the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network. The U.S. House Budget and Agriculture Committees will work together in the coming months to forge a new farm bill. Tom Nicoletti has that report. I'm reporting from Washington today. My guest is uh, Congressman Jody Arrington, uh, representing District 19. He is uh, from Lubbock, and he is the current chair of the House Budget Committee. And uh, Congressman, as uh, the chair of the Budget Committee and working with the House Agriculture Committee on the rewrite of the Farm Bill, reauthorization of that bill, how will your committee and that committee work together to get the funding necessary for the Farm Bill? Budgets are about priorities. We have to prioritize uh, some things that are critical to our nation's security, as you mentioned, like 
food security like energy independence, making sure we have the military readiness for the threats that face our country. The main purpose of the Farm Bill is stability in the ag economy and making sure we have a resilient supply chain of food given all the disruptions, supply chain, the geopolitical stuff, drought, etc. Input costs are so high that price-based market risk insurance does not work because it's not indexed. It doesn't fluctuate and flow with the market realities, and it's not a margin-based program. So we have to make sure that those safety net programs work, and we can take pressure off the ad hoc assistance that we've been getting and plow that money back in so that we have the safety net that works and we don't have to come up here and get all this ad hoc assistance. We can relieve pressure there. All in all, the farmer will be better off, the ag economy will be better off, and taxpayers will be better off as a result. I gave a 10-year projection about how we will double our annual deficits, we'll triple our interest payments, we'll spend more on interest than, than all of national defense in five years. That's a nation in decline, not a nation on the rise. That is U.S. Congressman Jody Arrington. I'm Tom Nicoletti reporting from Washington for the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network. The coastal bend of Texas has received some beneficial rains over the past few weeks. Harvey Buring joins us with more. General rains across the coastal bend during the past couple of weeks have certainly improved the prospects for an above-average production here in our field crops and pastures this year and although those rains have been highly variable across the location everyone has received some real beneficial rains and uh, that means that our cropland and our pasture land is showing great promise for this coming year and we've been fortunate that the weather has not produced a lot of damage from high winds hail or other types of events like flooding All things are on track for a great year, and farmers and ranchers are very optimistic at this point in time about the potential for a bountiful harvest this year. It's particularly true for our corn farmers. Currently, the lower coastal bend has an above-average amount of corn planted, and this year, pollination occurred without any high temperatures, and that soil moisture being at adequate to abundant at times has allowed for some excellent kernel fill and some increased cob size from normal years. So all in all, corn farmers are looking for a great corn harvest this year. Same is true for grain sorghum. It's headed out at this time and heads are exerting to a large size. Kernels are developing, all looking good on the grain sorghum front. Of course, our cotton crop is actually a couple of weeks uh, behind normal schedule, but the growth rate the last couple of weeks has been very good. And all in all, there's still a lot of optimism for this late cotton crop, providing we are not hit with some adverse weather prior to harvest in late August or September. If these trends continue in the coastal bend, We'll have an outstanding crop, one of the best in a number of years. Reporting for Texas Ag Today from the Coastal Bend area, this has been Harvey Buring. It is critical for horse owners to work with their veterinarian to determine what is normal for their horse. Texas veterinarian Dr. Bob Judd has more on that coming up next, right here on Texas Ag Today. Also coming up, a new project designed to restore the Playa Lakes in the Texas Panhandle and the High Plains has been chosen for more than a million dollars in funding. 
When we moved to Texas, we were like fish out of water. We didn't know anyone in our neighborhood until our Texas Farm Bureau insurance agent came to the house. She was so helpful and reassuring, a friendly face with that Texan hospitality I'd heard about. When we purchased a Texas Farm Bureau insurance policy, we knew we were making the right choice. We knew our family would be protected. Visit Texas Farm Bureau Insurance today at tfbinsurance.com to find an insurance agent who's a true neighbor. Coverage and discounts are subject to qualifications and policy terms and may vary by situation. We're keeping you informed on everything happening in Texas agriculture on Texas Ag Today. It is vital for Texas horse owners to work with their veterinarian to determine what is normal for their horse. Texas veterinarian Dr. Bob Judd joins us with more. Horses are very prone to accidents, so it is important for horse owners to know when to seek veterinary care. Identifying abnormal clinical signs can allow you to call your vet and get a quicker resolution to the problem. First of all, horses are prey animals, so they should be examined from a distance because as soon as you enter the stall, their behavior changes. Horses should be alert and responsive and moving their ears to listen and should be interested in feed. Next, check their heart rate, respiratory rate, and temperature as commonly as possible. To check the heart rate, your veterinarian can show you how to palpate an artery up under the jaw and feel the horse's pulse to count the heart rate. Heart rate should be 28 to 44 beats per minute. Respiratory rate is usually 10 to 16 breaths per minute. And temperature should be 99 to 101.5 degrees Fahrenheit. But every horse is different, so know your horse. The temperature can be taken with a rectal digital thermometer from any pharmacy. And your veterinarian can explain how to do this safely by standing close to the horse's side of the hip and raising the tail. Dr. Trimble indicates you should not try and take a horse's temperature that is a known kicker or is difficult to control. It's not worth the risk. Signs that likely indicate a problem that requires vet attention include decreased appetite, lethargy, lying down more than normal, isolating themselves, sudden lameness, squinting or closed eyes, and nasal discharge. Also, red or purple gums, hives, abnormal sweat patterns, abnormal breathing, and sudden weight loss are serious concerns. I'm veterinarian Dr. Bob Judd. A project designed to restore the Playa Lakes in the Texas Panhandle and High Plains has been chosen for about $1.5 million in funding. The project, which was proposed by Ducks Unlimited in partnership with the Playa Lakes Joint Venture and the Texas Parks and Wildlife Department, is through USDA's Wetland Reserve Enhancement Partnership, or REP. Ducks Unlimited and its partners will reportedly work with USDA's Natural Resources Conservation Service and landowners to acquire 15 or 30-year conservation easements and restore critical functions and values to the Playa wetlands and adjacent upland buffers. According to NRCS Texas, the playas are the center for biodiversity on the plains. They support 185 bird species, 450 plant species, 13 amphibian species, and 37 mammal species. NRCS says they are the main source of water for migratory waterfowl and shorebirds, as well as resident prairie birds. In addition to restoring the playas and surrounding areas for those species, NRCS says the project will also work to improve monarch butterfly and lesser prairie chicken habitat. Chad Reed, NRCS Assistant State Conservationist in Lubbock, says the playa lakes make up about 2% of the landscape in the region. They account for 98% of the biodiversity. He said that's why they're a key part of the ecosystem in West Texas. NRCS says wetland ecosystems also help filter water, improving its quality. 
They say restoring these wetlands can reduce the impact from flooding, they can recharge groundwater, and they offer recreational benefits. We will take a look at the livestock, cotton, grain, energy, and financial markets coming up next. Keep it right here on Texas Ag Today. Texas Farm Bureau has served farm families in rural Texas for nearly 90 years. We're pleased to offer new affordable health care coverage choices for all Texans through Texas Farm Bureau Health Plans. You do not need to be a member to inquire and apply. Plans are available anytime. There is no open enrollment period. Our United Healthcare Choice Plus network of providers is one of the largest available. For more information about the different plans, how to apply, or to get a quote for you, your family, or your small business, visit tfbhealth.com. We're giving you the market information you need on Texas Ag Today. The cattle complex traded lower on Monday as corn traded higher. June live cattle down 67 cents to 165.05. August live cattle down 70 cents to 163.60. October live cattle down 30 cents to 168.15. May feeder cattle up 30 cents to 206.57. August feeder cattle down 20 cents to 239.90. September feeder cattle down a dime to 237.85. Boxed beef was higher Monday, choice up 62 cents to 301.72, select up $1.40 to $285.34. Now let's check those livestock auctions. We're walking the pens with Larry Marble. Jody Fry, my guest. Jody's from Producers in Cargill, San Angelo. They sold cattle on Thursday. Jody, how did it turn out? Well, we followed suit with most everybody this week, Larry. 525 head was the total today, so lighter numbers uh, like it has been for everybody in this trade area. Uh, I guess pretty well across the state of Texas this week. Uh, but you couldn't ask for a better demand. These better quality kids continue to sell extremely strong demand. Steady to higher prices again today. Slaughter cows and bulls, another 2 to $4 higher. Very good demand on those we have on offer. Limited numbers of bred cows uh, and just a handful of cow-cow fairs steady to slightly higher. Better quality steers, 4,600 pounds from 180 all the way up to a high of 260, mostly 195 to 235. Steers weighing 6,800 pounds from 160 up to a high of 220, mostly 175 to 205. Heifer calves weighing 4,600 pounds, 160 to a high of 225, mostly 185 to 215. Slaughter cows average to high yielding, 73 to 93. Some of the highest yielding slaughter cows, 95 to 103. Thinner or lower yielding type cows, and that would include some of the longhorn cows from 55 to 71. Slaughter bulls average to high yielding from 90 to a dollar ten. A few of those very high stealing bulls from one twelve all the way to a high of one thirty four. Red cows and two year olds, just a few singles and small groups of those today. Medium to heavy bread, nine twenty five to a high of thirteen seventy five. What do you anticipate for next week, Jody? Well, uh, was real surprised. Uh, buyers sellers alike that we had over six thousand head on Tuesday uh, after some good rains last week. Those sheep and goats just come from such a broad area; it's kind of hard to pinpoint it. But uh, you know, there's some showers going on this evening. But if we have a mild weekend, uh, I would say at least six to seven thousand head of sheep and goats next week, maybe more. Uh, cattle numbers will bounce back from this. We know of some kids coming uh, for that special calf sale in conjunction with the regular Thursday sale uh, next Thursday. Tell everybody how to get a hold of you, Jody Fry. You bet. Any of us at the office, 325-653-3371. My mobile phone's 234-7895. Thank you, Jody, and thank you, Texas neighbors, for joining us for Walking the Pins on the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network. You're listening to us on Texas Ag Today. All right. Thank you, Larry. 
Lean hogs traded lower Monday as corn traded higher. June lean hogs down a dollar twenty to eighty one eighty two. July lean hogs down ninety seven cents to eighty two fifteen. May class three milk up two cents to sixteen twenty one a hundred weight. June class three milk up twenty nine cents to sixteen thirty five a hundred weight. Block cheese rose six and a half cents Monday to a dollar sixty. Barrel cheese rose four and a half cents to a dollar fifty one. We saw double to triple digit losses in the cotton market on Monday as U.S. debt ceiling talks continue. DTN is also reporting that the G7's stance on China is weighing on cotton. They say that bearish comments on China emerging from the weekend meeting of G7 nations were seen as negative by traders. July cotton fell 140 points Monday to 85.32. October cotton down 51 points to 84.32. December cotton down 51 points as well to 83.38. As I mentioned earlier, corn did trade higher for much of the day on Monday due to drought in the center and eastern parts of the Corn Belt. July corn up 16.5 to 5.71. September corn up 10 and a quarter to 504 and three quarters. December corn up nine and a quarter to 509. July hard red wheat up one and a half to 825 and three quarters. September hard red wheat up two and a quarter to 817 and three quarters. December hard red wheat up three and a quarter to 810 and a quarter. July soybeans up 34 to 1341 and a quarter. November soybeans up 21 and a half to 1197 even. June natural gas fell 18 cents Monday to 240. July natural gas down 15 cents to 255. Crude oil rose on Monday on strong demand forecast for the second half of the year. June crude oil up 26 cents to 71.81 a barrel. July crude oil up 34 cents to 72.03 a barrel. The Dow fell 84 points Monday to 33,342. The S&P 500 up 9 to 4,201. And the NASDAQ down 77 points to 12,735. Well, that wraps up this look at the markets and that wraps up this edition of Texas Ag Today. We hope you join us next time for the latest news in Texas agriculture. I'm Jessica Domel. I hope to see you then. Thanks for listening to Texas Ag Today. Be sure to subscribe to our podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or Spotify. For more Texas Ag news and information, check out our website at texasfarmbureau.org or tfbradio.com. Texas Ag Today is a production of the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network.